Here we go. In a three, in a two, in a one. Well, oh, wrong show open. No, that is the right show open. God damn it, I get my shows mixed up. In a three, in a two, in a one. Well, hell, look, well, let me do it over because that sucked. Third degree, the third degree nap podcast. 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 Third degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer 90. The MLS Cup playoffs are here, and so is Soccer 90's MLS Cup playoff sale. All FC Dallas and MLS Cup jerseys, hats, scarves, he's 30% off at SoccerNight.com. Beginning on Friday, October 14th through to October 23rd. That's 30% off all MLS Club gear. All of it. In addition to that, North Texas Soccer gear, also 30% off. Shop SoccerNight.com and be ready for the MLS Cup playoffs today. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fans. Welcome to episode number, please. Oh, 181. 181 of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, it's me, Peter. Also, the highly enthusiastic, ready to go, as always, Dan Crook. Hello, Dan. Hey. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi. How's it going? Excellent. Thank you. And your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder of thirddegree.net, the amazing Buzz Carrick. Hello, fellows. Thanks for being here today. Buzz, did you hear that there's a chance that we may get to have a meeting of the OG MLS blog writers? Uh, on I did, Monday, I did hear that. That would be fascinating and exciting. Have you ever met Bruce? Not in person, no. Oh man, Denort Bruce. Remember the old yeah. is uh, great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so because Minnesota's coming to town for the playoff game, there is word that Bruce McGuire, famously of the, I guess, I, was it just called the Denord? Yeah, I think so. Um, blog. Yeah. Uh, Maybe in town because he's obviously from Minnesota, and that would be great to uh, see him and spend time with him. Is uh, you and he are all part of the original, like seriously, yeah. 27 years ago, guys that were <laughs> blogging about the league before anybody else was, and that would be awesome. I, I thought you were going to ask me if I heard the rumor that there was going to be a Huntsman up in this program, and I thought, well, <gasps> well yes, that is I, true. I, was, I didn't want to steal your thunder, Buzz. Oh, I smelled something. Yes. Uh, hold on tight, kids. There is a apparently a rather steamy dump coming before Ooh, the well, end. Well, well, we'll see if you guys think it's steamy or not. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not, not committing to the volume of this dump. Okay, and the so the volume either... of steam or the volume of the dump itself. <laughs> either one. <laughs> Gross. Uh, and now, neither one of you, I assume, have had a chance or even want had any desire to listen to uh, our Tuesday, our Kick Around Tuesday podcast this week. Have you? I've not listened to it. No, but I okay. do have the desire to. Okay, so uh, because during that episode, Lars, the guy that helps out with the, that does the pod with us, uh, he asked. Uh, me put me on the spot and asked me an incredibly niche Dallas Burn trivia question, and I'm going to pose it to you guys here mm. at the end of the pod. It's it's really oh. actually pretty outstanding, and I was uh, shocked at how uh, mixed my ability to answer the question was. And I want to put you guys to the sword. All right. Um, all right. So, well, look, kids, uh, we're dodging. We're we're burying the lead as FC Dallas has qualified as the third place Western Conference team for the MLS playoffs 2022. Uh, I would say, Buzz, uh, on the heels of a 2-1 win over Sporting Kansas City, this season has turned out to be quite all right after all. Oh, it's been remarkably all right. Uh, and by the way, you win the what p- place will Dallas finish in prediction contest because you said fourth at the I beginning did. of the year and they finished third. So full credit to you. I had them sneaking into the last sp- spot in the playoffs. That obviously got blown out of the water by this fantastic season. Dan, I think you were maybe either right in or right out. One of the others kind of where I was. Um, but yeah, this season has exceeded all expectations. I bet in a moment of honesty, even the coaching staff and the TD staff would tell you that this season has exceeded all expectations, particularly the defense, which leads the Western Conference in terms of goals allowed. And 
the, the volume at which um, their signings have paid off. It's not 100%, but it's certainly significantly better performance than normal uh, around here. And so they're ahead of schedule, and it is a process still. They're not done with this team by any means. It, it will change again. But um, this season for sure has exceeded all uh, expectations, and it's so exciting to get a home playoff game. Well, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon game. I mean, excuse me, Sunday afternoon game. Got my days mixed up. Kind of a weird one uh, in terms of the timing and so forth, but it was decision day, and Dallas just needed a point to solidify that. But uh, look, the guys went out there and got it done against a team that I, you know, I, I never really quite know how a team like Kansas City ever gets up for that kind of game. But uh, full credit, they got what they needed to get done done, and they got some goals from guys that probably needed to score some goals. Yeah, you're, you're looking at um, Legette and and. Ariola, Legette, by the way, phenomenally statistically. I didn't realize how good he was until I went and looked at the numbers. Ariola was my man of the match because with a goal and an assist. And I just thought it was really nice when you missed him for a game when he comes back. And also true of Velasco later in the game. Uh, it's how bright his movement is and how effective his movement is. The fact that he had a goal and assist was even better. But it's the interplay of the front three when they have the three, those three main guys. And you could probably look, include LeJet coming out of midfield in that as well. It really makes this offense click. Uh, and it was just nice to see it collectively doing really well. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Jesus was also um, really good. And I have more to say about him in a minute. But, um, you know, just, just nice to see the team on the last game of the year going into the playoffs, clicking and playing the way they want to play. So that's a really positive feeling. And, and I feel as good about this team going into the playoffs as I honestly ever have. Dan, we talk about uh, MLS playoffs being very thirsty for the team that is in form uh, with three wins in their last five, only losing one of those five. Do we consider Dallas to be in good form going into their uh, postseason adventure? I think you kind of have to um putting it that way just i mean i i just watched the game uh that's why i'm late um to the recording um i mean christ everyone was just lining up to take shots defense looked tight everything looked fantastic other than uh farfan getting injured and hedges having a little limp at the end you know it looked like a team that were you know definitely weren't treating that as an end of season kickabout it was you know, this is the tune-up for the big game. So, uh, yeah, that that was uh, really what we what we'd kind of talked about the idea of uh, last week of not wanting to back into the playoffs. That's that's at least that's the best they could do off one game. And then I also uh, think we all delighted in the fact that we saw the return of Alan Velasco. Yeah, he's a big part of this offense working as intended. Because it's now, been what is was yeah. it been. Five weeks since we've seen that month. kid? It was a month, yeah. Just a month, okay. So, you know, Obreon provides some value off the bench as a piece. But when he's starting, the office does not work the same. It doesn't click. And the same is true when it doesn't matter whether he's replacing Velasco or Iola. Having those two guys out there is what makes this offense work. They both play outside in. They both come underneath. They both fill those gaps and exploit the space that Jesus is creating. And it makes the whole thing function. So seeing Velasco back on this game and, and contributing and, and, and making impactful plays. And it's not, it's one thing just to say, oh, he was back on the field. That's nice. It's another thing to say, oh, he was back on the field and he looked dangerous, which is true. So I, I thought it was a great run out. I mean, honestly, the guy had four key passes and he played 29 minutes. I mean, that's mm. ridiculous. Yeah. So like, it's, it's the positivity of his injection. Now, granted, of course, late in the game, guys are tired, whatever. That's all true. But nonetheless, when you to see the thing that that you this team has got done well this whole season, managing injuries, they have not had a big one. They've had the, the closest thing to a big one was probably this Velasco being out for a month. You know, there was a little part where Hedges was gone for a little bit too. Those are the two biggest ones, and they managed to get through them. And when they get all the pieces back, this team looks much better than when they're missing a piece or two. So um, it's good to have all these pieces clicking at the right time. It's good to have these guys coming back just at the right time and not look deficient, not look like they're struggling when they come back. And that's the most exciting part. 
Yeah, you know, if you consider form and everything going into it, Dallas is almost uh, right there with anybody else you would consider. Clearly, Montreal is the team in the most form, running on four straight wins to finish the season. New York, uh, uh, NYCFC on three straight to finish the season. Um, The good news is, if anybody really buys into this part of it, is that Minnesota, while they won their last game against Vancouver, a team that wasn't going to be in the playoffs either, man, they had been on a long-running drought prior to that. In fact, they had lost five... Uh, yeah, five of their last six. Or four... Yeah, yeah, uh, no, five of their last six. Um, uh, Yeah. Um, And and so they were in pretty bad shape until they uh, ended up getting that win right before Vancouver. So we'll talk more about the Minnesota game here in a minute. I I did want to go back and Dan mentioned the uh, quote-unquote air, I'm doing air fingers, air quotes, uh, injuries to Hedges and to Farfan. Do do we have any update on their situation? Yeah. um, Someone asked on the conference call today with Coach uh, Nico, because remind me later to tell you (laughs) <laughs> the Stephanie Dallas training story, which made me chuckle. Um, uh, he had someone he was asked on the conference call, and, and he mentioned that Kabungo is out for the season basically with his leg problem, but that Farfan trained today. Um, and the, depending on the workload, uh, how he responds to the workload they gave him is whether they'll decide whether he can go or not. He conveniently did not mention Hedges specifically in the answer. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about that one because he didn't say it. Yeah, and nobody followed up. Uh, I asked him about getting pieces back, and he mentioned that it's really important to be able to count on your entire roster. And so I do question whether he's hinting that maybe Tafari might get picked because you know if you, you remember, remember there was some even talk. I think in the post game last game, there was even some talk where he or or maybe Mark and Steve mentioned on the broadcast where he decided very late that he would go with Hedges over Tafari. Mm-hmm. So. I think it would not be at all shocking to see Tafare for this first game, maybe just out of precaution or maybe because Hedges is like 95% or something. Um, the, the fact that he skipped over him did make me worry. Um, I feel better about Farfan since he did train and they said as long as he re- doesn't react to that negatively, which of course could happen, you never know, but uh, I feel more confident about Farfan. So, Dan, I'm going to pose this question to you. I know he looked good in his 29 minutes, but it has been a month since you've seen him start the game or start a game. Would you start Alan Velasco against Minnesota? Oh, damn. Um, (laughs) Why? Why? You sound disappointed I asked you this question. (laughs) No, I just hadn't hadn't considered that. Uh, Part of me wants to say... Go at Minnesota with more pace and maybe start O'Brien opposite Ariola and know that you've got Velasco on the bench. Okay. Interesting. Well, I guess that does uh, then indirectly take us to the Minnesota game, Buzz. Wait, you know what? Before we talk about Minnesota, I did want to bring this up, and I think you were going to bring it up too, uh, which was something about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Because you posted this photo of him kind of like looking dejected on the field and the coach with his hand on his shoulder. And, and, and if I had seen that not knowing the result of the game, I would have thought they had been knocked out of the playoffs already. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the context of that photo is? Yes. Cause I asked him about it today, not the photo specifically, but about Jesus first. Uh, let me say that the reason I posted that photo was not because I had any particular narrative. I just thought it was a beautiful photo, you know, cause I look at that photo and I see a, a coach in tune with his player reaching out to him. I just thought it was a beautiful photo. So um, I asked about Jesus's mentality, you know, where he's at, you know, cause he really wanted that goal or whatever. And, and coach said that um, he said, Jesus is in an absolutely phenomenal mindset right now that he really, really wanted that goal. But he said he also in that game worked his tail off for the whole team and wasn't playing selfishly that he was playing for the team. And that's a phenomenal mindset for him to have when he was trying to chase that record at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about that as a, like a leadership kind of moment and the team feeding off of it. And and what I wanted to say about him specifically was that game in particular, in my third, three things, I called it, uh, I, I said he had a massive gravity around him. He has a weight to him because when he runs through the defense, the entire defense shifts and moves when he goes through there. You can see them all reacting to where Jesus is. And that kind of presence or draw 
that it's one thing that it's part of what frees up the rest of the team around him in this at, at this level of play is the fact that all the eyes go with him and all the players turn and go with shift with him. Uh, and that kind of magnetism is rarely seen in my mind. I will only think of it a couple of times mm-hmm. in this club's history. And so th- that's such an enjoyable thing to watch. And it's the thing that will make Jesus right now have the ability to do some special things, I think, in the playoffs. He's become the guy that we've always talked about. The, the, you have a special difference maker, and he's become that. And it's, that's why I feel as good about this team as I ever have because of that the, 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 the gravity he has in the game that, that, that creates so much difference. It's like, it's like watching LAFC when Carlos Vela gets the ball or runs near, you know, near the play. Everybody notices and turns and like, oh, oh, they're all adjusting for that presence. And Jesus is in that same, I think, in that same neighborhood. Because uh, I don't know how this works. If he scores in the playoffs, does that not count towards the record? No. Really? It had no. to be in the regular season? Yeah, it's regular season because not everybody gets playoffs. So Okay. And I know some some seasons have less good games than others. You know, Crisis 18 is in a 32-game season. You know, you can make that sort of analogy if you want. But when it comes to things like the Golden Boot, they just go with raw regular season goals. That's all that matters. Okay. Like PKs count, right? I mean, should they? Mm-hmm. Should PKs count? Goal's a goal, I guess. So because Jesus would be in first in the Golden Boot if he yeah. didn't have PKs, if people didn't have PKs, which makes you lament. Like the, I think the Dallas had one PK, but maybe Jesus should have got it instead of Frank O'Hara, who I think is who had it. So bummer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> for Jesus, it is funny that they. Um, I don't know. I to be honest, I was thinking about your comment about the predictions at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And I don't. And I. And I. I don't directly remember why I said fourth. I think part of it, to be completely transparent, was just to try to do something different because everybody in the world had suggested they'd be, you know, seventh, eighth, in or out, whatever it is. But there was a part of me that thought, you know what, this does just feel like this is potentially one of those seasons where things kind of click and happen and they find good fortune. But really... This season, and maybe we should be saving this for a season wrap-up show, but the, th- the thing that I keep coming back to is how many really good decisions that have been made that we just haven't historically seen with this club over the last 15 years, both on and off the field, that have really just made this, f- this season feel so very different than many of the ones, okay, most of the ones we've experienced since the Huns bought the club. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And you're right. It is on and off the field. And I do think we should save most of this conversation for the season wrap-up podcast. But I remember the time you being particularly high on O'Brien's impact this year, predicting he would be the team's gold yeah. boot. Um, I, I think that... The, Maybe that the, was a bit. Yeah, that would have been a bit. Uh, I, I remember predicting Jesus would be, but like only at nine. So like I missed by half Jesus's progression. I mean, he has mm. blown us out of the water. And really... All good moves aside, that's the thing that was unexpected. It was like nobody knew what we really had in Jesus. Did we have, I thought we had a 10 goal guy, like a 10 and a seven, nine and seven maybe. And we got 18. I mean, yeah. that's incredible. Like that explosion forward matches the contract they gave him. And that's, how many times does that happen? Where you see a big contract and the guy just flames out, you know? So the kid deserves all the credit in the world for the season he's put together. I certainly hope that we have not seen the last of it, you know, but um, it, it, a lot of that will depend on the World Cup, I think. But, uh, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves in terms of that this conversation either. Okay. But um, this season has just been, you know, we've been around here long enough, Peter, that this kind of positive ride, like the whole season has had a pretty good vibe about it. You know, there were maybe a couple of downturns here and there, but for the most part, it's been pretty fun to cover this team. And not just on the field, as you said, off the field too. So uh, it's been a great year, and, and I'm and I'm to, to to enjoy it, and I'm really hoping we get to enjoy it some more. Yeah, it has been, and there's lots to talk about, and I and we probably will save that. Probably what we should spend a little bit of time talking about is the Minnesota game. What I was asking uh, Dan about. It is interesting because Dallas and Minnesota traded wins against each other at each other's home. Dallas uh, lost, or excuse me beat Minnesota or excuse me lost to Minnesota originally about halfway through the season 2-1 and then recently within the last uh I don't know I guess it was about a month or so ago uh went to Minnesota and got that really surprising 3 nothing win where they exploded with all those goals late in the game uh that really uh in many ways kind of helped Minnesota go into a bit of a tailspin for a while yeah 
But I, but Buzz, I know where your head is spinning on this. You don't think that this first mm-hmm. round game is any by any means uh, in the bucket for Dallas? Oh no, this is a terrible matchup for Dallas. Really? Is it? yeah. Out of all the it's teams bad. they had options, this is the one you were least looking forward to them getting. Uh, not Minnesota specifically. This kind of team. Minnesota is a low block and transition team. This is Dallas's bogey. This is the team they can't deal with breaking down a mid to low block dealing with a team that rapidly transitions dealing with a team that is not looking to possess. They're let, happy to let you have it, but when you, they turn you over, they're going to go and you can look back to the early season, you know, when Minnesota came here, basically wrecked Dallas. Now, the, yes, I, this is another question I had for Nico was like, do you look back at that first game and try and bring lessons forward, or is that too long ago? And he said, no, you absolutely look back. He said, you look back at that one, because then we played them again, and we took lessons from the first one, and we took it to the second one, and we were much more effective about dealing with them in transition and things like that. But that doesn't change the fact that this kind of team in general, non-specific to Minnesota, this is the teams, the kind of teams that Dallas mostly struggles with are teams like this. Um, and so... I do agree that Nashville, Nashville, excuse me, that Minnesota has been cold with this bad to the stretch run, you know, which is what you don't want to do no matter what. But I also think that this is a team that is definitely capable of giving Dallas absolute fits uh, in terms of because of the way they play being a way that Dallas does not deal well with, you know, look at the Dallas center backs, you know, I actually might feel better about it being Tafari actually, because Hedges, if he does have any kind of bang up at all, will be hampered in terms of his pace. Martinez is not fast at all. You know, you're looking at a team that wants to get at you, you know, with their guys, you know, run at those gaps, spread you out and run at those gaps. Those are, remember those are the teams that cause Dallas problems mm-hmm. that they go between those center back to outside back gaps that are such an issue. when when you spread Dallas width wise, so I, I, I think Dallas is the better team. I think Dallas should win this game, but I think that of the teams they could have gotten, this is the one that makes me the most nervous. It's interesting you say that because, as I said, in their last five, they won their last game, but they lost, and they won that 2 nothing. But in the run-up to this, they lost at San Jose 2 nothing. They lost at Kansas City 4-1. They tied LAFC at home 1-1. And then uh, lost at Portland one nothing, and that came after losing at home against Dallas three nothing. So in that stretch, they've literally scored only four goals. Yeah, but it's it's the kind of team they are that makes me wonder, and, and I, and I want to hear from Dan on this too. Um, you know, the other teams they probably could have gotten, like I don't think Nashville was really possible, but because but Mukhtar is a guy that would have caused them fits too. It, you remember that game that they got wrecked like a month and a half ago against Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's a similar sort of team, actually, you know, but other teams that they could have maybe gotten, which is sort of like Salt Lake, Portland, you know, those are both teams that want to pass it around a little bit and play a little possession. They're not looking to transition you, you know, Salt Lake tried that thing where they used their outside back to hit those gaps. You remember, but didn't find all that much joy with it, but it, other than it was a little bit dangerous the first time they played. So I would have felt better about either Salt Lake or Portland than I do about Minnesota. Um, Minnesota being more similar to Nashville, who was the last team that absolutely smoked Dallas for nothing, you know, like just over a month ago. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm, that's why this is not the matchup I love. I don't, I don't love it. I mean, I get it. They're, they're cold. Great. But style wise, I'm, I'm concerned. Dan. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm a little more encouraged, uh, after seeing the SKC game, you know, two, two teams that have, caused Dallas problems by kind of clogging up the middle a little bit um saw a lot of Dallas dropping very tight compact and then breaking out kind of the the sort of play that you want to that you want to see against Minnesota um without that performance maybe I'm, I'm a little less optimistic there don't get me wrong would have been great to have uh Real Salt Lake um but yeah a team backing its way into the playoffs can be uh like Portland in that play-in game a couple of years ago where they came and just, you know, showed out, or it can be like Dallas has in the past and just, uh, well, we're in. Well, thanks. It was nice while it lasted. 
Well, I'm looking at the bracket, and I'm and I because maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But when we get into the playoffs, because it is a knockout tournament, I tend to look at the path right to the final, and I'm not sure Dallas and I buzz. I hear what you're saying, but if the alternate was ending up in fourth, you would have ended up in the part of the bracket where you where if you won, yeah, you were going to end up. First off, you were going to have to play Nashville. And two, if you beat Nashville, you were going to have to go to LAFC. No, I don't want to be fourth. Don't get me wrong. Third, I, I want to be third 100%. I'm just saying that, like, of the teams that are down there in the next three or four teams, yeah, this is the least one I least wanted Dallas to play. I would have rather had – I don't want Dallas to be lower. I just would, would have wanted RSL or um, Portland to get up in there so that Dallas could play one of those two teams. I think it'd be, I think it matches up better for Dallas. I definitely agree with you hundred percent that third is better because if you, you advance in Austin advances, you go to Austin. You don't want to go to LA. Well, I mean, and think about, I mean, if you're the, at the headquarters in New York, imagine a conference semifinals where they've got El Trafico in one bracket in Mm -hmm. one part of the bracket and they've got the I-35 battle of I-35 in the other part of the bracket and Austin just thirsting to get their first win over Dallas in this particular situation. So, uh, man, that would, that would be uh, pretty big times right there. If that's the way it played out for sure. Um, but Austin has to get past Real Salt Lake first. Yeah, Real Salt Lake's it's a, a team that is um, Austin didn't finish well, and Salt Lake I think is doing okay. They're a team that can rise to any given occasion. They can also not. <laughs> They're very streaky. I think very up and down. So uh, that's an interesting matchup. Honestly, um, Austin on paper should win that one, but games aren't played on paper. Cliche alert. You know, it's like that's. I, if if RSL gets out of there and has to come here for, I really would love to see that because I think that's a team that Dallas could handle. Well, Austin Austin's in a weird place. They've only won one of their last seven games, by the way, and in their last four, they did one win, two ties, and a uh, and a loss. That's cold. Uh, and yeah, that's not exactly uh, getting into the playoffs. But and uh, in, in the inverse, uh, Salt Lake won their last game over Portland. Uh, but in their last five, they are one, two, and two. So, um, I, yeah, yeah it goes back to what you said before that Dallas is just about as hot as you can be. I mean, that Nash on the West, Nashville's looking fairly hot too, I guess. But that's about it, really. LA stumbled coming in. Mm. LAFCs did. Excuse me, the Galaxy. Uh, I think they were doing all right towards the balance back stretch. Dan, you feel like Dallas ended up in the place they needed to be with the best opportunity to make it to the final. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, even just the times of games has kind of played into their hands a little bit. Uh, as an away team, you know, it, it may be a one-off game. It may be, but having Minnesota come in on a Monday night is, you know, teams like those little micro cycles. They like those week to weeks. And, you know, it's effectively a, you know, it's effectively a midweek game. It's a Monday, 8.30. Uh, Minnesota's got to come and compare that to Salt Lake gets the the Sunday treatment, the regular weekend. This is kind of, you know, they don't have to adjust their schedule very much. Uh, Even on the semifinals, the LAFC home game is going to be on a Thursday night, whereas the the game that Dallas would theoretically play in would be on a Sunday. Much, much more of a a kind of a, a comfort, a comfortable place if you are going down to Austin, which journey alone kind of loses a lot of that um that home field advantage that that means so much in mls let's talk about that for a minute because i feel like uh, if i'm hearing the story correctly the front office was put in a it was given the opportunity to choose between a sunday night game slot or a monday night game slot which to me is like sophie's choice for this club there is no right answer i think am, am i hearing that story correctly that's what um john arnold i think said on twitter and i certainly would trust him okay you know i mean I, the the austin rsl game is on abc at you know, two in the afternoon yeah and la Na- Univ- la nationals on univision so again national pick so but that's on saturday yeah so but you know it's like the, the question is who picked in what order and how did they end up where they were i i can't answer to that you know without knowing where john got that info but i don't doubt john arnold ever in terms of his reporting so i'll take him at his word 
Um, now, if you're Dallas, I understand why they picked Monday because Cowboys Eagles is Sunday night. So that's a no brainer, honestly. Well, yeah, I, I see. I want to have that conversation. I, is it a no brainer? I think so. For what purpose in terms of getting people to come to the stadium? Yeah. So a school night, I guess Sunday's yeah. a school night too. Yeah. When Cowboys are playing in my opinion of the mice experience sitting in the stands when cowboys are playing that place is missing 5,000 people from whatever it's normal is so what kind of attendance do you think we'll see on monday night i mean traditionally i would have said less than 10,000, but this season there's so much good things happening and so many things are different about how much they spend to advertise things Mm -hmm. and how they get the word out i really have a blank slate of expectations i mean up until this year i would have said Less than 10. But this year, I really honestly could not even begin to predict what you're going to see. Okay. So I guess that's, uh, so if, so you think they'll have more people by choosing Monday night than they would have if they had picked Sunday night? Yeah. I think the Cowboys have a demonstrative negative effect on people going to FC Dallas games when the Cowboys are playing, particularly currently only one last super hype Cowboys quarterback controversy going against the Eagles who are undefeated. I mean, that's, that's a marquee. Uh, I mean, those are the, that's the kind of game that will crush NFL ratings records for like every other game this season to this point. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I, it's like, you know, I agree. And yeah. I'm, I have to admit, I'm relieved that they picked Monday cause I want to be able to watch both those games and I'm yeah. more likely, and I'm more likely to attend it now that it is, uh, on Monday than it would have been if it had right. been on Sunday night. So, I mean, uh, all but the most hardcore SC Dallas fan will pick Cowboys over SC Dallas every time. I mean, yeah. the hardcore will, or a season ticket holder who already spent the money might, but like the other 90% of their audience is picking the Cowboys every time. Yeah. You know, Dan, is, you got it's any? It's just where we are in this world. You got any opinions on this? I could give two shits about the Cowboys, to be honest. Um, no, that's, <laughs> I know, that's but that doesn't mean you don't understand it, though. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. It's uh, it's like A&M. It's a, it's a cult that defies logic. Um, yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, even though that would have been a, the 7 o'clock game, actually, or would yeah, they have switched they, with Austin? Well, well, no, they probably, I, my guess is is they is that it was between them and Montreal, and because and, Montreal ended up taking the Sunday night 7 o'clock game against Orlando. Slot. Yeah, it just, it just seems weird that they would do West, or the West one day, or the East the other day. It normally, they normally kind of, Oh, I guess that's well, well, no, no. Austin, well. Austin is Austin is on Sunday at two. Montreal and Orlando at seven. It looks yeah. like there's one each each day, and so maybe yeah, there Dallas is. got to for whatever reason Dallas got to pick whether they wanted Sunday or Monday of that. You know, I, look, I I don't I let's I, be honest. Realistically, it was both broadcasted. One at the Austin game, Dallas just flipped the coin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, but, uh, you know, uh, and they, by the way, they also stuck the Austin game and I suspect this is a lot of this is due to atmosphere on ABC. That game's going to be broadcast on big boy network, ABC, oh, yeah. not on ESPN, by the way. Yeah. So, um, how many Cowboys fans are there in Austin? Some, but not, not nearly the impact in Dallas. Yeah. So, and it is also an 8.30 start. That's the only other aspect to that particular selection that I think is a bit problematic is that is a late start time for a Monday night, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, it is, it is. It, it is yeah. what it is. Now to get I mean, tickets sorted yeah. out. We have seen in the past playoff games in midweek do really well. We've seen the, the U.S. Open Cup final at least do well. And, and like Buzz said, you know the the marketing and everything has been fantastic this year. It's actually looked like a professional, top level sports team and not like a a minor league outfit. So uh, yeah, right and I yeah. finished third. Everyone's positive. Guys going to the World Cup. You know it's going to be as hype as Dallas has ever been. Really, honestly. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the tough question: If they blow it and lose against Minnesota on Monday night. Will that change your perception of how successful this season was, Dan? No. Buzz? No, no. This season is ahead of schedule. Uh, regardless of what happens from here on, which is a one-game crapshoot, the season's been fantastic, and its foundation's laid for going forward. This is bank money they're playing with now. Yeah, this is house money at this point. Because I, I thought they'd be 
one of the worst teams to get in and instead their home field, you know, getting that game. Remember that was the, yeah. what they said was the goal. So hey, more power. They did it. All right. So Monday night against Minnesota, eight thirty, Toyota stadium, be their kids. It is now time for a Huntsman dump from your buddy buzz. Yeah. So you guys can tell me whether you think this is a minor or a major. And you may even tell me when I tell you this, they're like, oh, I knew that. But no one's been talking about it. So I think it's news. And that news is that Frank O'Hara's contract does not run out until the summer Mm -hmm. of 2023. He has a Carlos Vela deal, which means that it runs to, I don't know, May of 2023. That's no. right, because he didn't Cause join he until the season. summer, did he? Yeah, and some of the guys that come out of the Mexican leagues do these deals where they want they, they he got the same three years that he got, but he joined in the summer, so it goes to the summer because they want to be in line with the European whatevers. I mean, listen, he's not moving to Europe, but that's when his deal runs out. Now, logic says, and I think that this is true based on some conversations I had, that his base salary, remember his base is not the full three, it's only the two. So if it's only half a season, it's only going to be one, which means that you can buy it out from a DP status. So Dallas could have an open DP spot regardless of him being on the team. He's just going to eat a roster spot. More than likely, I will bet you that they will sit on that spot until they actually clear him off the books and have it in their pocket summer 2023. But... That's the dump is that Frank O'Hara will be on this team for the first half of 2023. That's a smelly one. It's pretty stinky. I don't know if it's big. The, the thing is, like, whenever I heard, when I heard this from uh, a very, very good source, I'll just say that, that when I heard this, it tickled the back of my brain that why have, does this sound familiar? And I, well, it makes I can't sense. remember because, you know, Lucci at one time told me they have him until 2023. I thought he meant at the beginning of 2023. Apparently he didn't. So I was a little su- surprised, but yet it also sounds familiar. So it may be that someone has brought this up before and nobody remembered. But to me, this is brand new news. And it does make sense because it's just like Carlos Vela's deal that ran out mid-season. Yeah. So. Well, and he, and he joined in the middle of a season and it's a three-year deal. And yeah, yeah. no, I guess that 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 does make sense. So okay. you're, you're somewhat handcuffed in your ability to bring mm. in a forward probably. At the beginning of the season, unless, of course, Jesus leaves. But that's well, the- right. If Jesus has any sort of stellar World Cup and gets attraction, and they make a, get a bunch of money for him, then I suspect they they won't care, and they'll spend that money on him. So yeah, well, based on, on combos I've had with Dan Hunt, I I think they I think they really don't want to sell Jesus. They made their big money sale. I think they really want to keep Jesus. I mean, it would take an astronomical sort of similar offer to get Jesus out of mm-hmm. here. Um, but I don't think he's got because he's a touch older, so I don't think you're going to get twenty. You know, so hmm. I mean, look well, what the guy from New York went for, right? It wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah, and and again, this World Cup may chew, may end up being very different from all the previous ones. Uh, that's probably very likely. But let's let let us not forget um, how quickly somebody's value can rise by bagging some goals in a World Cup. Oh yeah, um, and that things could change very quickly. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, I, I guess I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't think you, it's not news that anyone likes, I don't think, but uh-huh. um, yeah, it's not something that I certainly wanted to hear. I, you know, I, I've been wishing they would buy out this guy's contract for a couple of years now. Now that's, that does raise a question. Would you buy him out? No. Cause with six months left, you just eat it. Right. I mean, this, you just let him sit there. He, he does not, cause distractions. So like if he, if he did, if he was a bad locker room guy mm-hmm. and like caused trap on the training ground, then I would say you just eat it or tell him, you know, cut it, you know, buy it out or tell him to go away. I mean, I guess they could do that. They could buy it out. They have, they have one per season, but I don't think it's worth it. I think you just, you know, let him sit there make his million bucks and go. All right. Uh, can I do my quiz on you guys now? Yeah, hit it. All right. So this this was this was posted to me on Kick Around Tuesday, which is our Tuesday podcast that I do with Lars Sivertston. And if you don't know who Lars is, Lars is a football journalist that lives in London. He is Norwegian. He's from the same town Erling Holland is. He's a great guy and a fun listen to. But he's also a closet MLS fan. 
and he stays up in the middle of the night and he consumes a lot of MLS. And for whatever reason, he asked me this question on the, our pod uh, yesterday. Uh, so here it goes. Can you name, well, let me put it, let me start it this way, Dan and Buzz. 19 years ago today, October the 12th, and if you guys Google this, I will be pissed at you. Hands away from the computer, boys. Mm -hmm. Dan? You can hear my keyboard a mile off. All right, (laughs) fair point. Uh, 19 years ago today, so September 12th, 19 years ago, Dallas Byrne played at Columbus Crew at the historic Crew Stadium. Can you name the starting 11 for that team? In 2003. 2003? Oh, man. September 12th, 2003, against the Columbus Crew. Can you? How many of the 11 can you name of that starting 11? Oh, let's see. Ronnie was hurt. Jason was hurt. Uh, let's see. Who was... Um, Do you know who the be, coach was? Uh, yes, that would be Con Clark. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Eric Jade. was Mike Jeffries. Jeffries hadn't been fired yet. I guess not. Okay. Ezra Hendrickson. Um, excellent. Uh, let's see. Um, There's one. Carrie Talley. No, no. Chad Deering. Correct. Starting set defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, Oscar. Center midfield. Bobby Ryan. I have to admit, I actually forgot Oscar when mm. I, I when I that's the one I didn't get. No, no Bobby Ryan. No Bobby Ryan. Uh mm-hmm. Chris Bondi. Uh no Bondi. Oh, he must have been hurt. Um in goal two thousand three would be uh Jordan, Matt Jordan. No. no, 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 no. It's um it's um the young kid. Um, yes. DJ Countess. DJ Countess. That's, yep. That's yep. the kid. He started um, over Jeff Kassar. Wow. Christ was hurt. So who was playing striker? Um, this, I didn't get this right. And one of them, you're going to bang your head against the, uh, the wall. And the other one, you're going to say, oh my God, I hadn't thought of that guy literally in 19 years. Tony, Tony Nleko. Yes. And, um, and the other one was, if it wasn't Ryan, it wasn't Christ. Um, who's the guy they traded for? Um, nope. Nope. You're um, going to kill yourself when you don't remember that, when you realize you didn't remember this. 2003. I, I was thinking of, um, oh, uh, Mickey Trotman. Nope. 19-year-old um, Eddie Johnson. Oh, Eddie. That's right. Yes. That's his rookie season. So the 11 in that game, yeah. DJ Countess in goal, uh, Tenwa Bonsu and Shavar Thomas at center back. Yeah. Ezra Henderson at right back. Yep. The great Brian Dunseth Ooh. was also in there. Perea. Uh, let's see. So Deering. the names you would have, like, I would have never remembered Shavar Thomas. Yeah. I would have never remembered Jordan Stone. Jordan Stone was, I wouldn't have thought he was starting. Yeah, he started this game at 19 years old. Chad Deering. Six, yeah. And here's the other name that I totally forgot played for Dallas at one point. Brad Davis. Oh, yeah. No, Brad Davis was... At the beginning of that season, the plan was they were going to move Brad Davis inside. He was going to be the 10, and it didn't really work out. They ended up having him moving back outside. Yeah, so then Eddie Johnson and Tony Necklo. And I think the reason why Lars brought this up is that Klecko, or however Tony's last name was was pronounced, he had played a lot for um, uh, a Norwegian team. Yeah, he did. He did. And that's how Lars uh, made the connection. Uh, The substitutes on the bench that day, uh, Jeff Kassar, Matt Benke, Joselita Vaca. Matt Boom Boom Benke. Yep. Uh, Allie Curtis and Gavin Glinton. Little Joe Cow. Allie yes. Curtis. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, the average age of the Dallas Burn in 2003, 25.7 years old. Mm. Wow. Crazy, Those some, huh? that's, that was a crap lineup. That I can tell you crap, that. That was a crap lineup. <laughs> that's post worst trading club history when they traded. <laughs> um, for, for Hendrickson, when they traded broom and, um, and, um, our friend, um, uh, Ryan Suarez, uh, and one other person for Ezra and, uh, I can't remember who else. Wow. 
Well, uh, Dunsett scored on a header in the 15th minute to make it one nothing. Uh, Columbus scored twice, and then right after the second half started, Eddie Johnson scored. And then, uh, wow. let's see, uh, Columbus Edison Buttle uh, scored in the 81st minute to win the game 3-2. Edison Buttle, yeah. So there, there's a little Dallas wow. burn history. Talk about a horrific season. Boy, it was. Man alive, that was... Lars yeah. pulled that out out of nowhere, and I had and I completely clinched. I got more of them right than I thought I would have, but I was embarrassed that I never thought of Oscar Perea. Yeah, that's a bad miss. Uh, but I Shavar- got the but I got the I got the coach right. I got uh, DJ Countess right. I got uh, Dunseth right. I thought your coach question was a trick question because I thought he had been fired by then. Jeffries had been fired by then. Um, was that was that the season se- Jeffries got fired? Yeah, two thousand three. That's Southlake. Okay, that's right. Yeah, Clark finished that year. Jeffrey got canned. I thought Southlake was 20, 2004. No, four is when they went back to Cottonwood. Okay, I get Shavar Thomas was up. like the number two overall pick, I think. Maybe. maybe Did you see four. the story that they've uh, remodeled and reopened the old mill in at, uh, at Fair Park? I did. I did. Man, there's some stories from that place. <clears throat> How many fake uh, uh, drunk, <laughs> highly inebriated staff members did we all hang out with after the games? And yeah. Houston? Stories and tales back in the day. I had a beer too with Bobby and Lexi Carroll back there back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, that reminds me, Peter, I have a question for you that somebody asked on um, on, on, on the pa- Discord or the Patreon. I can't remember which one. And I've been meaning to ask it. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not putting it on the spot for now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it so you can think about it. And we may need, to consult, we need to consult with Andy. Okay. He's like, are there any good stories of mistaken identity from the early burn days of like somebody not knowing somebody was a player. And I, I, off oh. the top of my, I mean, other than fake Leno Alvarez, who's, he used to do appearances for the guy, which is hysterical, yeah. but other like, you know, an embarrassing, like I can't get into the game and I'm a player or something like that. It's like, we'd have to consult with Andy maybe, but I want to tease it and we'll try and effort out and see if we can find yeah, it. Yeah. I'll ask Andy Saturday uh, when I see him for the kick around, uh, he'd know that answer. I don't, he would. but that, I, you, you answered the answer. You gave the answer I would have, which would yeah. have been the great fake Lionel <laughs> Alvarez. Uh, maybe which, I'll, uh, I'll message was, Bobby Hammond about this question too. Yeah. Fake Leon Bobby. Alvarez. Yes. Uh, Dan, you weren't around for fake Lionel Alvarez. Were you? No, very much. No. Oh, that just was just to explain greatest. it for everybody listening. There was a guy that was a, pretty close to dead ringer for Lionel Alvarez, the hair and everything. And he would show up at events and pretend to be <laughs> Lionel Alvarez and people would get his autograph. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that Lionel even was sending him to like do appearances and stuff and, and sign our ass and get paid and like splitting the money with him and stuff like that. So was like the guy name was named Brad Namdar. No, it was not Namdar. <laughs> oh God, please don't do that to me. <laughs> Start stalking me again. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it was, uh, th- that guy was so awesome and he looked so yeah. much oh, like Lionel. Yeah. He had the long stringy hair and he looked like a Colombian drug lord and, oh, and he wore flashy clothes and he completely played it up and it was great. And I, my one great re- regret in life is that I never took a picture with the fake mm. Lionel Alvarez. Fake, yeah. Yeah. God, that was a good funny bit. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to cover? Uh, Julian Ison committed to Duke today. And, and and by the time he gets there, he'll be seven foot four. No, I think he stopped growing finally. He's between six six and six seven. He's like six six and something, and he finally has stopped growing. Thankfully, he didn't want to grow anymore. Um, like a, it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's a big deal for him. Duke's an awesome place to go to school. You know, if he actually goes there for a year or two, great. That's awesome. Keeper's mature late. The kid's going to be a pro, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, he is a very, very top-tier talent. Dallas will be lucky if they can hold on to him. So it's not earth-shaking that he committed to Duke, but super cool for him, and he's a kid that's going to be talked about for the next couple of years we'll be hearing that name. Okay. Hey, uh, did you guys see the uh, interview package Channel 8 did on Paul Ariola last week? I, I saw you mention he wore a burn hat. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, he uh, got an interview with Cynthia Izaguera, and he's wearing a classic Dallas burn hat. You can't really see it because he's wearing it kind of up on his head and the way the camera angle, you kind of have to know what you're looking for. And it took me a minute. I'm like, I think that's a burn hat. And sure enough, you can kind of see the lightning bolt leg sticking off to one side. I thought, that's damn cool. 
that's just another example, like with them getting deep in the playoffs and being near the top of the standings, that like there is more media attention right now than there has been in quite a long time. And that's another reason why it's exciting times. Part of that is a good play. Part of that is the club's other things they're doing off the field. Their other spins, their other efforts are paying off. And it's a, it's, it's a good times around here, to be honest. Well, that, that piece was almost exclusively about him and Jesus at the World Cup. So just having them as a pair and, you know, uh, Leggett also on the uh, fringes of the national team. It's such a, it's such a valuable thing that in the past I think we've, we've kind of mocked the misses the club have made in, you know, oh look, we're going to play against uh, Tim Howard in a couple of weeks when you've got, you know, half of his U.S. national team teammates on, uh, you know, on the same field that you're not, you're not pushing. So it's good to see that aspect of it. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate your time. I look forward. To, will I see you on Monday night? You will. I will. I will make my uh, subtle return to Toyota Stadium. Should we all? Do you guys want to get tickets and all sit together? I already have tickets. We'll see my wife, but you're welcome to join us. Oh man! Why don't we all go in the press box? Uh, and Amy can come too. Because <laughs> we're not working. I, I don't think I, I don't <laughs> think that request on my part would be well received. <laughs> No, just don't gallivant around. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I think I lost that opportunity already. So I th- if I'm going to go, I will I will acquire a ticket uh, through some means. And I thought we could all sit together, but you can come sit with me. Buzz has turned it into a date. It's not a date. It's my wife. All right. Well, that's she's a, date. a soccer fan. Wow! 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 You want a date with your wife? She's a soccer yeah. fan. And she's hardcore, man. It's not all a right. date. All right. I did see her with a road flare in her hand at a game before. Yeah. <laughs> it's her season ticket. I'm sitting with her. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. MLS Cup playoffs are here. You guys know MLS Cup playoffs. Man, this will get better than this. Soccer Night has got all that stuff on sale. FC Dallas, MLS Club jerseys, hats, scarves, tees, all of it. 30% off at Soccer90.com. That's from October 14th through October 23rd. That starts this Friday. 30% off of all your MLS gear. Represent whoever you want or FC Dallas. And also, North Texas Soccer Club gear is 30% off. Man, they got everything. Shop Soccer90.com and be ready for the MLS Cup playoffs today. Uh, We'll talk about that and get it sorted out. I hope we get to see all of you on a fun and exciting and satisfactory, a night of satisfaction, uh, Monday night, 830 at Toyota Stadium. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious fans. We will speak to you next week in another episode, hopefully a fun one, of Third Degree, the podcast. Postseason, baby! Woo! Third degree, the third degree net pocket. Third degree, the third degree net pocket. Third degree, third degree net pocket. Third degree, third degree net pocket. 25, 25 long hard years, yeah. Buzz Carrick, yeah, the man, man. 25 years, you better be giving this man at least $5 a month, Patreon third degree, come on, pay the man, it's the only comprehensive coverage of my fucking club that I love so much, hey, come on, it's third degree old bust, yes, give the man some mother f- money, hey, third degree, third degree, never care.